Hi, my name's Sean Shaler. This is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. And we are here today to talk about The Storm, which is from Book 1, Water, Episode 12. And it is a very unusual episode. But I know that somebody is excited for it. Chris? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good episode. It is The Storm, which is, I think, on a lot of people's uh, high list. We'll see if it's on either one of ours. We will see if it's on either one of ours. I'm so excited. I just want to skip all the regular episode and just get to the end where we talk about our feelings. But that's all right. We'll go through the normal <laughs> steps. That's all right. But before we get to talking about it, just a little bit of news and nonsense is that you have a couple new movie reviews up since last. It's been it's been two or three weeks since our last one, and you got a couple new movie reviews up. So go check those out, including uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which it sounds yep. like you enjoyed, and I'm a little jealous. I would say that all the haters, not that there's tons of them, like it's been receiving good enough reviews, but most of the yeah. uh, dislike comes from people that I think probably went in with the wrong expectations. Yes. Or people that just didn't yeah, like and I Queen, think, yeah. and then those people shouldn't see that movie. Yeah, who are those people? <laughs> yeah. Also, to be totally fair, I don't think it's intended to be completely factual. There's there's dramatization and fiction involved, as there is with with any movie of that type. So yeah, I think yeah. some people went in with their own expectations. But go watch Chris's, go watch Chris's movie reviews. Those are the objective geek reviews on YouTube. Chris, Game of Thrones. We are going to finish it. We are halfway through episode <laughs> six, but I or sorry, season six, not episode six, season six. But I gotta admit, I'm getting a little bored. Like there's so much drama. Uh. There's so much stuff that it, it like it's it's sort of desensitized to me. Like now anything can happen. I'm just like whatever. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> like it. I don't. Uh, I think see. I think season six is where it, it kind of lulls a little bit. Um, it it does man, a little season... bit. It's still. It's oh, still very good storytelling. Well, season 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 seven is the most recent season, right? Yeah, yes, that's the last one on Hulu, um, at least. Yeah. 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 So there's so, there's nothing. Yeah, wrong season with six it. lulls a little bit there. Season seven is amazing. I love season seven. I just uh, there there's so much. I don't even. It's not even fair to call them plot twists because it's like that's the whole show is is built on these things, and then you know you kill these new characters and you add these new characters, you add these new plots, these new conflicts, but so so fast and furious that at least it kind of has lost its luster. But we're still gonna watch it. We're still enjoying it. Uh, but I think maybe I just don't really have a flair for drama in my soul. And that's the thing the, is, I, I think part of it. I think it goes like I think. It, Game of Thrones starts off being kind of trying to get a reaction out of people, either through the like all that sexual stuff in the beginning. Like that first episode, this just every other that scene first is episode is just boobs. That's the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. Just boobs. Um, and then I think they try and get you with like shock factor of like, oh, this person died and this person died. And I think later into the seasons, they start getting to the story aspect of it. Like there's this like, it's cross between like, very explicit things and <clears throat> and pushing the story forward like as the seasons go on like story is kind of in the background i feel like it made the first couple of seasons and boobs and grotesque stuff and shock factor things are higher <laughs> up and then that goes down while story goes up like the last season i think maybe for a whole entire season there might have been only like i don't know eight nudity scenes I thought you were going to give a a boob count, but yeah, that's the same thing. 
Yeah, um, I would, uh, it is. I'm not that detailed in it. it I've is, only seen it yeah. once. It's great storytelling. I don't want to. I don't want to bash it. It's very exciting. I can see why it keeps other people's interests. But I got to be honest. I'm just about ready to move on. But it's all right. And then finally, uh, Batman vs. TMNT. Uh, I just started on that second uh, that second volume that you gave to me. Thank you very much, by the way. Uh, just started. Yeah. I haven't gotten into it at all. But I mean, the three pages I've read of the first issue have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited to continue. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Do you have any any news updates? Notes? Uh, no. I've been uh, I've been knee deep in Avatar lately. Um, been been watching Korra with my daughter, loving it even more. I found what my least favorite episode was, but you mentioned well. that, and I I uh, <laughs> I don't remember it well enough. I gotta be to, to even make yeah. a guess. I don't. I have an idea. <clears throat> but I just don't remember episode specifics enough to have a guess. So it'll be interesting when the time comes. If we hit that episode, I'm like, yeah, that's it. That one sucks. Yeah. We'll see. I'll give it a try. We'll remind her down the road in yeah. three years when and, we get my, to that point. Yeah. And my daughter is loving watching it. Like, she pushes me to watch, like, Cora. Like, can we watch Cora? Like, and then when I put her to bed, I read her book every night. She asks, we can read. Uh, we've been reading The Search, which is it's a really great book. Mm. Um, I might do a YouTube video over it and review and analysis over it because I'm really into it. And this is the second time I've read it, but oh, I'm just finding a lot of nuanced things in it. As so you're reading to a child, you kind of you see the way that somebody else, a very different <laughs> human, sees it. Yeah. Yeah. Opens, opens new perspectives. Uh, excellent. And then I'd say, do you have any cleanup? But it's been like three weeks. So I would imagine it's been a while. <laughs> I have no idea. It was, I watched well, this episode like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And it was the Great Divide episode, which we intentionally rushed through as almost a, uh, oh, I don't gosh. Say a joke, but we Whatever. intentionally rushed through it. So not much to clean up. I did watch it. I, I watched the whole thing and it was fine. So uh, synopsis. Uh, well, we just got through the Great Divide, both literally us getting through the episode, struggling through it. No, it's it's not disgustingly horrible, uh, but it is rated appropriately. But then, literally in the show, or figuratively in the show, they get through the Great Divide and they're trekking further into the Earth Kingdom, and that brings us where we are today, which is essentially starting with Aang having bad dreams. And I'm gonna go ahead and let you take it from here, and I will try to click a little bit ahead. Yeah, so Aang is having nightmares, and these nightmares are kind of like. Um, they're, they're, they're kind of like he's he's worried about something or he's um, he's he's distraught over something, and it's about he's kind of having these nightmares because he he knows he ran away, um, and everything, and he's just dealing with that through the nightmares. Essentially dealing with that guilt. Really, it's really about guilt. Um, and then you have um, Iroh and Zuko. Zuko is having some tension with people on the ship um, and he kind of comes off as a spoiled brat. Like there's clear skies, but Iroh, because he's old and stuff, he can sense, <laughs> sense that there's a storm coming. He's feeling it and, in uh, his joints, just like yeah. grandma used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and he, and he and Zuko get confronted by that. So they sense a storm coming. Um, Aang and the team are out of money. Also, side note, you spell Iroh wrong. There's an H on the end. Oh, there is an H. But... Hey, no good call. <laughs> Great. There's a correction I can't fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. 
Um, so Aang wakes up with a nightmare and everything. And then the group and Katara and Sokka don't have any money. And so Sokka has to get a job. So so random. He's much better uh, at getting jobs man. quickly than, than than I am, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, right when he needed a job, he got a job. Dude didn't even spit out uh, a resume. He has a job. <laughs> yeah, a job with this old cranky man. And, uh, and, and the, and the old cranky man has a woman with him who he fires, or I don't know if that's his wife or something. It is, yeah, it's but his he wife. fires her anyway. Oh, okay. I don't and, know if he fired uh, her. I think, I think she took a, she took a leave of absence. There was no. Yeah, cause no she could also feel the swarm coming. Yes. And then Aang says something, and the old lady says, you should listen to the boy with the tattoos. And he's like, tattoos? Airbending tattoos. Well, hey, you're the Avatar. And he says it kind of that way. And then Katara says, like, yep, that's him. As if, like, a matter-of-fact, braggy kind of way. He's like, well, you don't be so proud about it. You turned your back on the world. And he, and he the guy really is keeps a curmudgeon. Talk. Whoever is doing the acting for that guy gets that old guy, that cranky old get off my lawn guy down pat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and uh, he pretty much tells Aang, like, this is the first time Aang has ever been confronted by someone that, like, wasn't a uh, a Fire Nation person that, I don't know, that was good, that told him that he was a terrible person for, you know, not doing his job. Because he was around a hundred years ago, like he's <laughs> maybe he's a hundred year old. And he's like maybe I just imagined the last, <laughs> maybe I just imagined you know the last hundred years of war and and famine and everything. So I took that as um, as a joke, which, like or as just sort of hyperbole. Um, but I, uh, it's funny to think that you know what if uh, if Avatar Kyoshi can live to be two hundred plus, maybe that guy is a hundred years old and he was actually being dead serious. He's like, Yeah, maybe I don't just forgot oh, a yeah. hundred years of war. I, I didn't consider I, I just assumed it was I mean Boomy assumed it was figurative language. I mean Boomy is Aang's age. He's hundred and twelve ish. And he looks so, pretty good for his people. age, all things considering, at least once he straightens up and yeah. goes all transformer. <laughs> yeah. Um and then <laughs> And then Aang gets all sad and he runs away. Like Katara tries to defend him, but Aang knows, Aang feels that same guilt. And so he runs away. Katara says, You're a terrible old man. And like, I first thought she was saying it kind of like comedic like, but it, it wasn't. And it's not helped by the net scene of Sokka coming out from the ship, like, Hey, where'd they go? It's like, Your friends left you. Huh. Yeah, they're, he's like, your friends are rude. Yeah, and one time, and then the guy's like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> For some reason, I just found that. Like, Sokka's always trying to, like, no one cares about Sokka. Sokka tries to explain things all the time. No one wants to hear him out. I'm one of those guys. Sokka, you just show up. Yeah. I don't really want to listen to you that much. Uh, this is a good time to point out that uh, it's hard to differentiate in hindsight between uh, the cut back and forth, uh, the cuts back and forth, because this is one of those episodes where it's sort of uh, two very separate, distinct stories. So, cuts back and forth a lot, and it's kind of mm. hard to differentiate where, but um, happening concurrently. And so next yeah, so... we get to uh, Katara does find Aang. I think is when this happens. Yes, uh, Aang goes to like this cave somewhere, and Katara finds him, 
And she says, like, Aang, you wouldn't turn your back on the world. I'm sure you had good reason. And Aang is like, no, I did turn my back on the world. Um, so then Aang has a flashback. Um, and this flashback is going on at the same time that Iroh is telling the past, the other ship crew members Zuko's past um, to explain kind of why he is the way he is. So you have this dual, um, these dual flashbacks going on to really explain our protagonists and our antagonists and just how really they're like this they're just sides of the same coin and i mean they do this all throughout the show of showing these two separate stories that are really just destinies merging onto one another hashtag deep so yeah so in ang's flashback it cuts to him um being a, a kid playing games and everything he he invents the scooter ball, the air scooter, which doesn't shows seem them. super important at the time, but turns out it kind of is a big deal in the air nomad yeah. world. Yeah, when he did that, that's how he got his uh, air bending tattoos. Yeah, I don't know if I ever realized that until you told me. Like, I don't know if that manifests itself extremely obviously, uh, but yeah, he just invented an air bending no, technique. Yeah. Um, yeah, because to become an airbending master, you had to invent a new technique, and and uh, yeah, it's so pretty he invents cool. it. Yeah. He shows them. Uh, yeah, he shows them. That's how to do it. And then, uh, oh, one side note here is that for a second there, I thought I found, I thought I stumbled upon like the first gay characters seen on screen in in Avatar <laughs> because. <laughs> I feel like whatever you're about to say is going to be real judgy. No. (laughs) Wait, where is that at? Where did I do that? Oh, it's right there. One second. Reach. So while Chris is gone, let's take a moment to admire his shelf. It's a good statue up there (laughs) in the upper right corner, just above his left shoulder. It's all right, viewers. All right. (laughs) So I thought I found the first gay character in Avatar. Because, so in the flashback, he goes, he goes here. This is that same as that spot. All right, you. can you see that? Um, go down and to your right, just a little bit, so I can, there, right there. Uh, back left, okay. just here. Boom, right there. All right, so he goes, I he's can, in I this can exact read it same spot. Quick. Uh, I can read the caption <laughs> real quick. Uh, the air nomads were accepting of differences and embraced everyone, no matter their orientation. And there you see two young male nomads, I presume, mm-hmm. uh, in a very yes. sort of intimate hand-holding kind of cuddled up position, I guess. Yeah. And so Aang's and, in that and spot. Aang's flashback, <laughs> in Aang's flashback, there are two young men, and that same as that spot. Like, that same as that spot. No kidding. And maybe they just found their... Uh, found their true love there maybe yeah, that was the first time they misconnection met. yeah or well, i guess I not really a misconnection because they found it <laughs> that's kind of yeah. cool but this is this comes from uh the legend of korra comic book where uh kaya ang's daughter is explaining to korra and asami all the different cultures and their viewpoints on um same-sex relationships <laughs> but for a minute there i, I thought, thought maybe someone gonna, for a minute there and i don't know why just because i said you were going to be judgy it's actually me it's being judgy <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were just gonna like pick a kid. Like, 
that one. That one's gay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going terrible. with it. Like, that one there on that air scooter, definitely. But no, hey, that's cool. I will I did not notice those two kids yeah. in that spot, but I've also not read that comic, so I'm not gonna Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. it too hard. I mean there are some flaws in that thinking, but I'm gonna hold on to it anyway. Uh, it doesn't um, have to it's just yeah, it can so... be it can be a cool side note at a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyway, so Aang meets up with the monks and they tell him that he's the avatar and they say he's the avatar. They they've known he's the avatar since he was born because he used to play with these avatar relics that they call them, which were just toys, but they all all these toys belong to his past lives. Um and he and they specifically say we usually wouldn't tell you until you're sixteen, until you're old enough, but we feel war is coming. And I have a random theory on how the airbenders can sense, like, have some type of precognition. Because they like, live on top of a might... hill and they can see the Fire Nation coming. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I nailed it. Admit well, it. <laughs> sure, I guess. <laughs> my my theory is a lot more thoughtful. Well, um, no, that's fair. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, but, but it so, seems like a safe assumption. So airbenders are very spiritual. I feel like they probably, I feel like a couple of them are probably able to go into the spirit world. And with that, maybe they can converse with spirits and spirits can probably see like, oh yeah, there's a comet that comes around like every hundred years, firebenders get all this power. And actually Roku, we can see things like the fire Lord killed Roku or had Roku, saw Roku die because he wanted to. So maybe they can kind of like vaguely sense things. Um, some of it's that I can see that yeah, yeah I guess I'm gonna... mm-hmm. uh, all right so they tell him that he is uh, he's the avatar um, and then uh, uh, also... so then we get to Zuko so I think also in that same it might be in a different one uh, but when the other air nomad kind of breaks into the chamber and Aang and Gyatso are playing chess or checkers excuse me I forget what they're playing. Pasho. Uh, Pasho. Thank you. It's yes. chess, checkers, Pasho. It's all the same. No, uh, they're playing Pasho, and that monk gets real, real accusational real quick. Gets a little crazy. And I think that's all yeah, in that because... same cutaway, but it kind of gets muddled. Yeah, it all kind of goes together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Aang, Mangiato is Aang's, not only his mentor, but he's his guardian. Like, they don't have parents with the air nomads, mm-hmm. but they do have guardians that are responsible for certain kids. Um, and Aang and Makiatsu are, like, best friends. Uh, but Makiatsu wants Aang to have a normal childhood, to play games, to be free, which is a very airbender mentality. Um, and so that guy, break, he, he interrupts them while they're playing. He's like, you're playing games with him? Like, he should be training. He should be learning these forms. Um, so then they go to, like, they dispute it. They go to, like, a a guy who I guess is higher up than them, even though it seems like they're, they live more in like a five people kind of ruling. I don't know what that type of democ- that type of uh, government system. is called. Yeah, I don't either, <laughs> but I see what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, but he, apparently he has ruling in this matter. <laughs> Maybe he's the responsible for like sitting kids places. Um, and so he says that, you know, they had to be split up and Aang overhears this, and that's when Aang decides he's going to move away. Like, Aang wasn't, he wasn't necessarily, like, pissed off at the notion of being the Avatar or the responsibility that comes with it, but he was most pissed off that they were going to separate him from the, from the 
only people, only person and people that that he loved. Um, and hence, and that made him run away and uh, and get caught up in the storm. I think the uh, the part that gets to me about that scene is that first it's really sad, it's very emotional, but then when Aang is recounting the scene. And I know they have to for cinematic purposes, but I don't like that he's essentially recounting what happened after he had already left. I was like, you can't know how he read that. Like, what if that note just fell on the floor under the bed? Maybe God uh, never got it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm yeah. like, ah, ah, I'll let it pass. It's cinema thing. I'll let it go. But in, in my state of emotion and distress at such sad news. Um, but no, it's a very, very touching scene. And uh, essentially, it's when you realize that, like, I mean, we all we already know how much he cares for Gyatso, but I think at that point you realize it's not just mm-hmm. that Gyatso is his family; it's kind of his only family, or at least up to the yeah. point where he met his new family. At least that's how I see it. But yeah, then we cut back to uh, so then, then we cut back to Zuko and Iroh's story. Yeah, um, and Zuko being young, his flashback starts off no scar. <laughs> He's a very hopeful young lad. <laughs> Um, he goes into uh, he goes into the uh, war room with his uncle. His uncle at first cautions him a little bit. He's like, "You need to be quiet. Like you can't you can't you know speak up in this meeting." So goes to the war room. This general's like, "Listen, we're going to use these people as bait. Like some of them might die, whatever. But then we'll be able to take over these Earth Kingdom uh, Earth Kingdom soldiers." And Zuko stands up and says, "No, that's not right. Those citizens." Love, they defend our nation with honor. Maybe it doesn't say honor. I don't know why I'm speaking so loudly now. But he does but, say it very, very clearly, like, this is wrong. They're yeah. good people. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you start to understand where Zuko was coming from. Um, so then, you know, uh, Zuko, he he doesn't get challenged necessarily to the Agni Kai, but his father says, like, no, now you have to fight in Agni Kai. Essentially... And Zuko just thought, oh, I'm going to fight because I spoke out against this general. I'm going to face this general. And then, you know, they're in the Agni Kai in this, like, it's not a throw room, but it's like a, it's essentially a stadium where the Agni Kai's happen. It looks like that's where Agni Kai's yeah, usually happen. Yeah, like, like a little dojo High-ranking, yeah. Many generals are around to watch it happen. Including Xiao <laughs> and Azula. Who yes. are just standing there, yes. both looking real pleased with themselves. <laughs> Look at Zhao. You already know that like, guy's a jerk. Like four years ago, or like whatever. Azula, like this, like yes, father. Is this like, our first Azula shining? Yes, and we have no idea who the heck Azula is at this either. point. But when I look like, at her now, I'm like, oh, she's a jerk. Yeah, and and reading the search because the search goes through like the flashbacks and stuff even more. It makes it even. It makes it hit home even harder. Um, Just want to so punch Zuko, face. Look at that. Yeah, so Zuko is Zuko's ready to fight. He and he turns around and he has to face his father. And his father's like, "You have to fight me, essentially." And Zuko's just like, "No, father, I, I love you. I'm not gonna fight you." Like Zuko thinks he's doing the right thing here. Of like, no, I'm not gonna disrespect my father. I'm not gonna fight him. Like I won't, I've only had the foundation's best intention in mind, and then it, I feel like um, Fire Lord Ozai. I think he. I mean, he hates Zuko. Like, and that is 
known all you know kind of throughout well i guess it's not known to this point that ozai i don't hates think we Uka, get but... that feeling at this point yeah i no, mean we we're, we're about to feel a little worse about that relationship but i don't know <laughs> if we have a full feeling yeah. of but i think at first thing, he's yeah. he's not even fighting him necessarily punish him i think the adney kai was just so like all right zuko you have to you have to be a man like you have to stand up like i don't think he's not gonna i think if zuko actually fought him he wouldn't have burned him like he would have fought with with you know with a lot of with a lot of power but i don't think he would have intentionally tried to burn zuko and you kind of see his patience well not see you can just hear it with a great acting by mark hamill um just wearing thinner and thinner of nice like right yeah <laughs> Uh, and he he eventually was like rise, Prince Zuko. And then Zuko begs again. And then at this point, Ozai, his patience right now. He's kind of pissed. He's like, "You will learn respect, and suffering will be your teacher." One thing I love that line. It is absolutely amazing. Man, the way you just said it though, <laughs> it just makes me think of like Shredder. Like it's pure Shredder right there. Um, oh, yeah. It, sound, it even sounds like something he would say to the turtles, you know, Michelangelo being all disrespectful or whatever. But uh, the uh, point you're getting at there the... that, is, uh, that I agree with completely is that at first, it's almost just like, hey, you can say this. I know you weren't anticipating fighting fighting your dad, uh, but if you're going to talk, you got to like talk the talk, walk the walk type of deal. And then he yes, actually yeah. did expect to fight. Like, you're going to fight me. Uh, you're going to be kind of put to shame in front of all these people, but you're going to fight because that's part of how we do politics in the fire nation and then he doesn't and i think you're i think that's the part that gets him uh you know uh, fried yeah but to a certain point where he's like this is my son i'm going to teach him a lesson no son like of mine's he gonna can't down I, I don't fight. i don't raise yeah a son of mine's not going to back down like if that was azula azula would have shot lightning a long time ago like oh, she's yeah, not going to wait look at that face she's trying to shoot it right now if she figured it out <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then you just hear this like, no, like it is kind of haunting, like in, in a sense of of just that that no that he he gives out, and then you he just hear fire. And you're like, oh crap, that's how he got his scar. Um, I wonder if it's funny to Mark it, Hamill for somebody else to yell no at him. <laughs> Just curious. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> back, uh, Dante Basco, who voices Zuko, he did. I think he was actually in the room with Mark Hamill when he did some of these lines. It might not have been this one, but uh, I'm sure they. But did. he knew I'm the sure those jokes the, he, did not go unnoticed. Yeah, yeah. He knew the irony of the situation. Yeah, good, good. I hope so. <laughs> um. So then that's pretty much in the flashbacks, and I absolutely love the flashbacks. Um. I loved Zuko's way more than I loved Aang's. I feel like Aang's doesn't necessarily inform the character Newler as much as Zuko's. Like this is Zuko. This is why Zuko is so freaking hell bent on finding the Avatar. Like it has nothing to do with like Zuko hating Aang. It has nothing to do with really a financial war. It just has to do with him trying to get things to go back the way they were. Um, and like we talked about before. But this is the first time that's mentioned in the show. Like, one of the when Iroh's telling the story, one of the crew members is like, "No wonder why he's like this. Like, capturing the avatars is way to things to return to normal." And I was like, "No, things will never return to normal. 
but the avatar does give Zuko hope. Like, and then uh, right before this scene, I think Katara says, "You're supposed to." When Katara's talking to Aang, like she says, "Like you give people hope, Aang." <laughs> like it's funny how you can have the same thing mean two completely different things to people. Yeah, I, I agree to an extent with the comment about the two flashbacks. I do enjoy Zuko's more, but I always uh, probably sympathize with Aang's more just because it's him telling it. Like, it's sort of his, this is the first time he's had to make a confession. Is like, you know what, I did just run, like, I, I ran away as a kid. It wasn't because I was scared of the Avatar. It wasn't uh, the, any of the other stuff. Just as a kid being separated from a dad. Um, and so there's mm. sort of a deep confessional feel to that. Yeah. So I've always probably... Uh, empathized with that a little bit. I mean, hey, I, I enjoy the story we, uh, more than background. It just, I, uh, it's a very touching moment uh, coming in, into touch with Aang, I guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, hey, we knocked him down a peg in our avatar rankings. I think because he ran away. We, um, that's right. He was a chicken. Yeah. And, uh, granted, he was like a twelve-year-old chicken, so it's acceptable. But whatever. <laughs> um, no, this is him coming to terms with yeah. it though, and that's very important to me. Uh, so essentially we're kind of done with our flashbacks um, and the storm is, is coming and the lady comes and she tells them, hey, you know, the storm is coming and they're still out at sea. And so like lightning is striking. And right at this moment, there's something visually done with Zuko that I just absolutely loved. Um, it, uh, it It's Zuko just like meditating in front of some fire and it goes like, Zuko flashback, Zuko flashback, but it's a flashback to just like one still scene of him. I think he was on Ember Island where his parents go. We'll learn about Ember Island later. And his dad just has a shoulder over him. And that looks like the happiest Zuko ever. Like it's before he had the scar. I think his mother might've still been around. His mother was in the, in the flashback, I think. Was she she there as well? I'm not not sure exactly. I I mean, I should have grabbed a screenshot. I think she was there. He was smiling, so yeah. I think she was. <laughs> he seemed the happiest he's ever been. And, like, this this scene with no words at all tells a whole freaking story. Um, like, it's, it's just Zuko now. Like, he is freaking depressed, and he's, he's just hell-bent on catching the Avatar. Then Zuko in the past, he's happy. Like, it's just uh, a, a, a representation of the life that he used to have that he wants to give back. And just love that moment so much. Uh, and then, uh, so he's then, uh, he's meditating. Oh, well, real quick, I got to get my favorite line of the whole episode in, which is, uh, they're caught at sea. The old lady asks him if they'll help, and Aang's like, "I'll help," and Katara's like, "I'll go too." And he's like, "I'm staying right here." <laughs> yeah, just in perfect. Country. Avatar does Avatar does that a lot of like. Old it's, people being old people. It's kind of <laughs> obvious, like it, maybe it maybe a little over the top, but then you remember this is like old people for kids, like yeah. It's a, I get it. It's, a, a, it's hilarious. It makes me laugh. There's a scene in Legend of Korra where uh, Maka Bolin meets their grandma, and like they're all trying to formulate a plan. His grandma just happens to be there for some reason, and then they're like, "All right, I'll go here. I'll go here, and I'll get this person. I'll go here." And grandma's like, "I'm going to take a nap." <laughs> it's just. Like this show is all inclusive of all uh, all orientations and all races, but not all ages. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean you got the old masters. So, 
Yeah, it's, uh, and it's there are a bunch of BAs. Uh, regardless, yeah. I find uh, I find it humorous. Well, uh, <laughs> comedy well done. Sorry, old people. Yeah. Um, all right. So they're out at they're out in storm, and uh, and Zuko's ship is like being struck by lightning, and then there's a helmsman being stuck, and and Zuko because you this is the part where the crew actually learns that Zuko actually does care. Like he climbs it himself and goes and saves the helmsman. Um, He's about to fall out of the crow's nest during the storm. Yeah. Yeah. And Zuko catches him. Um, And then, and then that kind of ends there. They kind of get over their, their, their beef. Like now that all the crew has a much greater respect for Zuko now. Um, Onto the other side, Sokka and the old man are out on this boat and the storm is raging. And, uh, and Sokka says, like, yeah, I'm too young to die. And the old man says, I'm not, but I don't want to. <laughs> so people are killing Which I love it. that line. Uh, they intended. are. This is a pun intended. Yeah. That, and um, great scenes, great scenes. But Aang does show up and he does rescue. Uh, not only does he rescue Sokka and the old man, but then he is also spotted. Uh, he's spotted by Zuko and the crew. And I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to recount it. So and, one of the crew members asked him what he wants to do, and he actually uh, says, let him go. Or just says, like, just take us, uh, yeah. Yeah, just take us, just get the ship to harbor. Um, which shows, like, good character. This episode has good character arcs just within the episode itself. Um, because the crew now is like, hey, what should we do? Like they're they're willing and ready to go after the Avatar, because even though they just almost lost their lives, because they understand now Zuko's purpose, they have a newfound respect for him. And Bazooka also is like, no, we'll let's just get everyone to safety. Let's go to like, the eye of the storm. So now it's like, hey, I respect you, you respect me. So like they both they all grew. And Aang is and then when it comes Aang to Aang, terms, yeah, yeah, Aang kind of gets over his guilt. And a little bit. I mean, he'll always have it, and he, he should always have it. It's a defining, um, defining experience for him. This is that guilt. Um, but I think this episode really is our first, like, first um, introduction to just destiny and what role destiny plays in the show. Because once he saves the old man, one thing they go into the Avatar state, and gets them all on top of Appa, but they still go into the water. And and Aang does the same thing he did when when he went to the water in the storm when when uh when he left he did this and uh, but this time this time he gets him out of the water he goes in the Avatar state he gets him out of the water he doesn't like freeze himself so he kind of thinks to himself like all right why didn't he freeze himself this time like to me it's all about destiny like destiny made him in a way, freeze himself in a ball of ice and wake up 100 years later. But this time, Destin's like, no, we need you. Mm-hmm. Like, Moving forward. So he purpose. gets them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gets them all out of the boat. And then I think that's reinforced by the old man saying, like, an old man has an arc also. Um, he's saying, like, hey, you know, if you weren't around now, I would have been dead. So thank you, Avatar. Um, which is, I mean, that old man represents... I think the whole entire world, like, yeah, there was a hundred years of war and everything, but maybe Aang wasn't ready then, but now he is. Now he's 
now he's ready to save the world. Selfish people that are still alive are like, well, if he can save me now, I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just here to be a rabble rouser. Um, um, yeah, no, it's a nice character arc, so all across the board, uh, except for like Sokka and Katara, you really don't get too much of either of them in this episode, but it's okay. Yeah, nothing. They are they are episode. they are mechanisms in this story, just to uh, <laughs> minor vehicles to move things along. Yeah. Oh, too far. Well, I guess yeah, that's really the end. <laughs> is they uh, they watch they watch uh, Appa fly off with the crew. They sail into the eye of the storm. Everybody's safe, and that's the end of the episode. And so I uh, yeah. just want to offer a real quick plug here. Um, there's actually a, a, a wiki devoted entirely to <laughs> avatar merchandise and so when i was looking for other things um just to show off here i was like it's just, just the an entire wiki and it's like well that's kind of cool so I spent a good 20 30 minutes looking through one of the larger collections of of avatar related merchandise and that's pretty fun i highly recommend it uh just type oh avatar i probably have the avatar wiki i probably have a top 10 collection a top two. Ooh, that's big words, but you know, I believe you. Sorry. I, I could believe a top ten. I don't know. We better we better do a game room tour and find out for sure. Um I mean, I have a statue of it's funny. I have an because have since, you're, since you're cropped off uh in the actual in the actual recording, you're just looking off the side of the screen at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bad editing on what? my part, I'll take the credit for that. But uh, yeah, we'll have to do a, the full merch tour someday. Play with all the toys. Uh, anyway, yeah, if you need to pass some time, Avatar Wiki, just Avatar merchandise. It was a lot of fun to see different weird stuff that's out there. And so with that, let's get to the good part of the show. My favorite part. Yes. Of these, and that's the ratings. Chris, would you care to say Ratings. I feel like we should debate our ratings. But anyway. We should all right, debate so... our ratings. We should <laughs> over our ratings. This would be a good episode to start with. Story. Uh, no, no, I gave story. Audio visual. Audio visual. All right. I forgot what I gave it. Eight and a half. And the thing is, there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't like great fight scenes in there. But I love how I did the flashbacks. Um, I, I, uh, I like how I did the storm. Like the, the storm itself, I think looks nice. But the one thing that just really. I mentioned it before, one thing that really just boosts this score up is just that, like, freaking six-second scene of Zuko just meditating. Like, it told, just through the audio and the visual, told such a story. Like, it, it went from the, the present, which was like, Zuko was tormented, and the music was, the score was, like, ominous, to the, the past, which is on a beach, and like you hear like seashells and and seagulls or whatever, you hear birds. Like it sounds like a beach. Like just, I love that so much. It it really increased the score here. To an eight and a half. Um, story, nine and a half. Uh, we got such great backstory on these characters. It took Zuko from being a whiny prince brat being one of the most conflicted characters I, I think we've we've seen um and it, it just it it made him so much more three-dimensional like if you compare how we feel about Zuko now to the first episode I mean it is 
and he hasn't even grown much since since then. Really hasn't grown much at all. But we know so much more about him now. Um, this story is so great, and also we learn more about Aang and how he ran away and how he's still dealing with guilt. And like I said, the whole thing about destiny. So I did give it a very high nine and a half very out of ten here. And also, just, and also I just like that that there was multiple arcs just within this one episode. Then on to memorable, give it a nine. I mean, this is it is memorable for the fact that it is the scene that defines Zuko. That line that I love so much of you will learn respect and suffering will be your teacher. Like, I just love that line so much. And Zuko just begging for his life. Uh, Mark Hamill just killed it in, in that scene. Um, so yeah, so a nine for memorable. What you got to say, Sean? 9.1 out of 10 for this episode i have so many things to say so many things okay uh you know what let's go through the ratings first and i'll finish yeah audio visual i gave it an eight uh there is lots of good imagery not as much in like the sound effect or music department nothing nothing really stood out to me uh i might have hit it too low because there's lots of cool imagery um you get to see bits and pieces of like Oh my goodness, like three out of the four, uh, three out of the four bending nations, I guess. So there's just great variety of color and detail. Like I said, not a ton in the audio department. I kind of forgot about the scene with Zuko, but in uh, that score in there, I can't even remember it in my head. But it, nothing, nothing stood out too much. No great action here or anything. So I gave it an eight. Story. <laughs> story, story, story. I, this isn't a story to me. This is two flashbacks. What? Oh my gosh. This is two flashbacks that should have happened in another episode. Like this is uh, wow. I, wow. It's not that it's bad. It's just it's like a pamphlet or like a like a synopsis. That's what this episode felt like reading off a synopsis of a backstory or uh like an like an intro sequence. These this whole thing here is something that could be summed up in like the intro sequence to an episode or so. like it it's not that it doesn't do anything for me i really appreciate hearing about it uh it makes me come in touch a little closer with both characters in a very meaningful way i do like the arcs of all the other characters but in the end all that other stuff nothing around it matters except for these two little bitty flashbacks that if you really pare them down there's not a lot to them and they're not really standalone stories by themselves and i just i don't know it's, uh. it's, i like it's a cartoon i want some action i want to i want beginning to end in 30 minutes and like i said i just i don't know it's not very satisfying even if it is informative it's not that it's not enjoyable and that's what bumped it up uh if anything for me is that it's still very enjoyable and very touching but i, I don't it if you had to if you recommended to me or if I'm recommending to anybody else, like what's what's some of your favorite Avatar episodes to watch, or what what's good stories? Like this is nowhere on my list for that because first of all, out of context, but it would make no say... sense to anybody. Uh, but second <laughs> of all, just because nothing in here really captures uh, captures the spirit of a of a good Avatar episode or a good Avatar story. I don't think. I don't know. It just it doesn't feel like I'm a good. A, I'm gonna I'm 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 let you finish. But actually, I shouldn't quote Kanye West. Never mind. Uh, Are you about to quote Kanye West in 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 our podcast? Because he, 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 he says, I, "Go ahead." He says, "I'm gonna let you finish." 
so that when he interrupted Taylor Swift that time. Oh, I got you. But anyway, uh, and, and Barack Obama called him a jackass for it, and that's why he hates Barack. That's but, funny. That's <laughs> but yeah, let that sway your entire political <laughs> belief system, Kanye. Nice work. <laughs> good. Um, that's being a good American right there. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna let you finish. So you're memorable. <laughs> memorable. I gave it an eight. Because... I'm gonna let you finish, but the storm is one of the best. That... I'm kidding. Keep going. I mean, I'm not kidding. But... <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish, but let me tell you why you're wrong first. <laughs> the the uh, I think we're in a very we're in an excitable mood. It's voting week right now. We just we all voted, and everybody's very uh, very volatile right now. Uh, memorable. It is very memorable because it is so informative. Um, these these things that you're learning and feeling they permeates. I mean, every every other episode. There again, if anything, I was probably a little too harsh on the audio visual in the memorable. I could have bumped either of those up. Uh, story. I'm happy where I'm at, uh, just because I don't see it. There. Shouldn't be. Uh, Seven point four <laughs> overall. All things considered, that's pretty generous um, in terms of where it falls in the in the rest of my scores in the rest of my episodes. You must have just really hated this disc of Avatar. <laughs> I did. It was no. Well, sorry. This is a. This is di- so the. Wait, yeah, it was this one because it has Great Divide, uh, this one, yeah. Jet, and Jet. Waterbending Scroll. Waterbending Scroll. Because I'm on DVD, I don't have a cool Blu-ray, and yeah, that's the disc, and it sucks. Um, no, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I didn't hate this. It just if you're asking me to evaluate the story mm. quality of this episode, I was like, I would never tell somebody else to just go watch this episode, or even in the context of the show, I would never like pick it out as a favorite episode. <laughs> It just has a couple of good little pieces in there. I don't know. All right, I'm finished. Go ahead, Connor. All right. My my question is, if you had to take the the 20 most important episodes that tell the story of Avatar, would you put the storm in there? Yes, important. Yes. <laughs> Did you say 20 episodes? Did yeah. you say top 10 or tw- top 20? Uh, I said 20. I will give it top 20. That's pretty easy. Top 10, maybe. I mean, I yeah, think... that's a third of the season. Yeah. I, I think, think even uh, top... I... Top 10 seems like a more reasonable question. I would say it's probably close. It does. Yeah. Uh, it was a... It was like one of those polling questions that I'm just looking for. you just trying an answer to... That would... No, even, even top 10, <laughs> I would give you that it's close. But at the same time... Okay. Okay. At the same time, even if you don't get them in as emotional a way... I think you can absorb most of the details or you can imply or infer most of the details throughout the rest of the series, even without this episode. Like I said, they may not be as touching or whatever, but you basically find out how that fight went down. You basically find out Zuko is not a horrible human. Uh, you basically find out Aang. Yeah, I think. Like, like you, you can start to piece all this stuff together even even without this episode. But in terms of I think just being Aang a very piece... impactful 20, 22 minutes... I would give you it's probably close to top ten. That's fine. I think the Aang piece is it will be easier to digest without it. Yeah, but you I think it's kind of have that. Right I think this episode, you kind of do. Like you know, he ran away. You maybe don't you know, know that it was because of sort of the family tearing. Like, you know, he you didn't do think it's because he, of the avatar already, pressure. He already said he didn't want to be the avatar in the first place. Uh, I mean, I guess you still don't know. Like, oh, what happened? How did he get in that ball of ice? Um, you never but I think understand the Zuko... maybe that he feels like that because he disappeared, uh, that he wasn't there. We didn't really touch on that. Because he disappeared, he wasn't there to help defend. 
and he feels like maybe he could have helped. Yeah. So that's important. You don't really hear that part at any other point that he feels like he could have saved, mm-hmm. helped saved his uh, his uh, nation from the Fire Nation. Um, yeah, but I think that Zuko, I think this episode was really vital for Zuko's growth and it was vital for the audience to want to root for Zuko. Yeah, for me, this took me from not liking Zuko to being like, oh, you know, I really hope Zuko one day comes around and maybe he can be a good guy. Like, before this, no, like, we have we have to beat Zuko. Like, Zuko is the main antagonist. But this episode just opens him up to way more possibilities, I think, in the audience's view. But we are only about 20% of the way in. It's too early. I don't want to have feelings for Zuko yet. Give me until, like, Halfway through second season. No, for me, for me, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is the start of that. Um, but for me, like, it was probably once, probably through early season two, I was like, yes, Zuko, he'll eventually come around and he'll fight uh, with Team Avatar. Um, and then that didn't happen. But this seed, I think, is important. I mean, this this plants the seed for you know, you wanted Zuko to come around later on. Zuko gives you hope in this episode. That's what's really doing. Hey, yeah. uh, I do have one more comment here that uh, will probably feel a little distasteful, but whatever. So uh, usually I vouch for Avatar as a series over over The Legend of Korra. But one thing that Legend of Korra does way better, in my opinion, is the the actual villains are better. I think there's better villains throughout Korra. Yeah. And I think this is an episode where we maybe start to learn that Ozai, or where I start to realize that I don't necessarily care for Ozai as a villain, like just because, uh, just because he feels a little over the top villain for villain's sake, you know, like yeah, you're scarring yeah. his own son and sending him away just and and about to sacrifice a whole team of his, uh, you know, a whole team of firebenders for the sake of greater strategy and all all those things that make mm. make me feel like all right, maybe Ozai's. Uh, not not my not the deepest villain or not my favorite villain, and so that's... yeah. And even Azula, who I love, <clears throat> and the main I mean, so Zhao is the main antagonist for season one, or he's the secondary antagonist, but he is clearly an evil person. He's yeah, um, he's obviously he's not a bad guy. Whereas we already have some hope for Suko just because Iroh yes. is there at yeah. minimum. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, but Iroh is I mean Zhao is. The least interesting person, yes, he's, Azula, he's even so though she's flat. amazing, yeah, he is really flat. Um, and even though Azula is amazing as a character, she is just pure evil, and she's she just is. evil for the sake of being evil. Um, even though I love her in the search, uh, she's she gets. I mean, she, she's through the, the end of the season, she kind of has a growth. She's probably the best villain in this series. <clears throat> Yes, at no, she's definitely most, best villain at least in, in the most this series. Interesting, I think. Oh yeah, she definitely is by by far. Um, and her story with Zuko is in her arc, which is a a a, just, a fall from grace arc. Yes. <laughs> um, that's it's, part of what does it. That's what makes her feel like she has more depth and interest. Yeah, than Ozai. Yes, yeah, and I highly recommend reading the search because it delves into that. Even more, Chris. You know I can't read books. I know. Just kidding. Um, I will read. Books. I'm reading books. I'm reading comic books right now. Uh, no, I, 
and then and then Iroh and then Ozai of course is just mustache twirling kind of levels of of villainy. It's and it's not even evil for the sake of evil. It's just like it's like evil for the sake of power. Like it's it's a it's, yes, yeah. I was I, thinking that exact same thing. Yeah. I love like, I'm stronger than you, so yeah. I should be ruling you. Like yeah. you are inferior. Your people are inferior. That's why they deserve to die. That is like, like it's all about power with him. Late '80s video game logic when there wasn't enough room on a Nintendo cartridge for a better story is what that feels like. So, uh, long story short, I will almost always defend Avatar over Korra. That just debate for a different day, but this is one episode where I start to see, you know what, Korra's got way better villains, and that start this that that was maybe the most memorable part of this episode, um, outside of the obvious outside of the obvious things, I guess, for me. So, um, all things considered, it rounds out pretty normally that that kind of falls in the middle uh maybe above maybe upper middle of where our stuff is and it's my fault i'll take the blame for that but i i stand by what i said that's okay if that's I could, okay Fine. if i could change any ratings i would change the audio visual and the memorable i'd probably give them both a little boost i kind of forgot about if the i could change video, but i would not change my story score it is not a story it's not one i would recommend my story i was fine with the nine and a half on story that's audio steep. visual at a 50 i completely understand <laughs> I completely understand the the grade you get for audio visual because, I mean, there's no like, there's no action, there's really no great, yeah, there's no action and stuff. But that Zuko scene just did it for me. So I can't, you know, I gotta be honest, I kind of forgot about that one. And when you say it, I know it's, I know it's powerful and potent and everything, but it it happens mm-hmm. quick if you're not paying attention. Like if I was riding an exercise yeah. bike or something, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I miss the impact. So that's important. I'll give you that. Long story short, it's still a good episode. There's a lot of real good information. Uh, as you mentioned, maybe the defining, if there's a theme to this episode, it's just character arcs um, in a good way for everybody. You, you can't not watch it as part of the whole series, obviously. I said it just maybe doesn't appeal to me the same way it does to other people, and that's fine. Clearly. I like the waterbending scroll, so, you know, what do I know? <laughs> almost, almost exclusively because there was pirates. That was my whole logic there. So, anyway, uh, good episode, but we do get to move on to a different disc, and I'm pretty excited about that. I don't even remember what's coming on this on the next disc. I know, I, I know exactly what's coming next. Uh, it is a give me a teaser. Great episode. A great. Episode. Uh, it is the Blue Spirit. Oh, okay. That that's. Ooh. I'm gonna go off the top of my head here and say that's that's one of my favorite episodes of the series may oh. in my top 10 favorite. I don't say important or anything. So I haven't thought yeah. that hard about the only it. The reason why I know time. it's exactly. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I know it's exactly after this, because because of the storm, Sokka and Katara get sick. Oh yeah. Man, there's this, that yeah. episode packs so much. Is that a two part episode? Nah, it's a one part episode. It packs so much into one episode. All these things going on in my mind. I'm so excited. All right, so next one. Yeah, that's going to be a good one for me. Sorry, spoiler alert. Anyway, join us next time. Probably probably next week, yes. And then the following week, no, because the following week will be Thanksgiving. So next week on, uh, following week, no. not so much. Dang, the following week is Thanksgiving? It feels early this year, I think, because okay. uh, the 1st of November was a Thursday. So feels early. Oh. Yeah. Man. Kind of wish I still worked at Payless to figure out the financial plans on that. Anyway, I, I mean, I, I oftentimes wish that I still worked there, but not for financial planning reasons. 
<laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, thanks for, thanks for stopping by. Good discussion. First episode where we've had, I guess, like a strong, we've you always have our differences. First episode where there's a real sense a... of disagreement. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Let's pick a fight. I can't wait to do the analysis on, on all of our uh, episodes. You'll be surprised. To see like which episodes we episode disagree the most on. You will be surprised where this episode falls overall for you. I'm excited for a top five episodes of season one or something like that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Or maybe we'll just yeah. do like an episode rehash. Like, hey, here's our, uh, each of us gives our top two or three scores, our bottom two or three scores, and the biggest differential. We'll just like a season one water recap kind of deal. That'd be cool. Or maybe it wouldn't. Yeah. But it'd be worth a try. Whatever. <laughs> How do you know until you try? Uh, yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Chris, thanks for calling over, and I will talk to you next week.